0: I mean, the intro can literally just be like us being like, how do we start this? Um, how do we start?
1: <laughs> I think this is the cold intro right now. I this think we've stumbled into the, into the cold intro. intro. <laughs> Perfect.
2: Ooh, yeah. Perfect. Hello, um, am Carrasco, when you're listening to the PSPS Out of Phase Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know what Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm
0: eating a cashew. Welcome to Out of Phase. I'm Drew Hafner. I'm constantly eating
1: cashews. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Out of Phase, a podcast by Portland State Professional Sound. Uh, This is a new shot at something here, seeing as we're all kind of having some issues. Everything seems to be shut down in the music industry, and uh, we're doing a podcast. Um, We are an organization, a student-led organization, to be accurate, Uh, that does provide sound and lighting uh, for student events on the Portland State campus, and we don't usually do a podcast. (laughs) So what we've decided to do is we're going to host a podcast every week. We've got some guest hosts. We're going to have some reoccurring segments, Um, Mm some You know, rotating segments. And we're going to use our team as uh like guest co hosts. Um, but our two hosts for the podcast, the reoccurring ones will be myself. I'm Drew Havner. I'm the tech director at Portland State Professional Sound. And my other host is my good buddy here. It's
2: me, Beto Carrasco. Beto Carrasco
1: <laughs> up in the house. Chilling. What do you do? What do you, yeah, what do you do at, at PSPS, Beto?
2: Uh, I am currently training to be a lead technician at PSPS, so I will be um leading some of our uh sound. I don't know what would I, what would I say sound
1: events. And uh, joining us this week as a co-host is uh Nayeli Naranjo Robles. Nayeli, go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: Um, I'm Nayeli. Um, I have been the general manager for almost the past two years, but I'm going to be stepping down. Jess is going to take over. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. I've, I've been with PSPS for I think the longest out of the three of us. Almost three years. Beto and I got
1: hired in, what was it, Beto's spring, spring of 2018? Mm-hmm. Dang, it's been that long. Yeah, it's been uh, a
0: Yeah, and I have two terms on you. Yeah.
1: Fall, Fall 2017.
0: 2017?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you got right in on the ground floor um let's uh start into the show um I think at the beginning here we're going to kick it over to our guest host Nayeli and she's going to talk about kind of what's going on in the industry with COVID-19 so w- what do you have to say about that Nayeli
0: yeah um so as I said earlier concerts are illegal right now
1: they're illegal RoboCop will get you I yeah, hope that makes illegal. it into the er, the final cut. Earlier, when I mentioned RoboCop, so that now when I'm mentioning RoboCop, I don't look like a total psychopath.
0: Hmm. Um, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, concerts were kind of one of the the first things to go due to the whole virus thing, um, which obviously leads to a lot of issues. Uh, musicians aren't able to tour. The people who work at venues aren't able to to work on all levels, whether it's just the techs or the people running the venue, like, uh, you know, box office, like, all of that stuff. We're all kind of out of jobs. And we were the first to go. And we're going to probably be the last to come back. Um
1: Because we are literally been... the opposite of what an essential service is.
0: Well, and, and not just that, it's the whole fact that, like, A concert is a large gathering and that's what we have we are trying to avoid or what we have to avoid um and so there was even this article roaming around um well I've seen a a couple of articles but the one that I um looked at was the consequence of sound um article that was saying how concerts might not be coming back until fall of 2021 so in like a year yeah and uh I mean, that's rough. That's a long time. Like I said, a lot of people are out of jobs. Um, I I work for a couple of venues in, in town. And honestly, like, I don't know what what's going on, what's going to happen. Like, I'm a little afraid that some of the smaller places aren't going to survive, you know? Um, there have been some venues that have started, like, funds or relief funds for their staff, like Wonder Ballroom, Hawthorne just announced, um, the Aladdin Theater.
1: In a different tension, I've been getting emails from Broadway Rose in Portland, uh, a musical theater, it's like, we need money. <laughs>
0: yeah, Also, well, it's not, just, right, it's, it's not just... Right, because it's not just
1: concerts, It's it's any performance venue right now. It's just mm-hmm. non-existent, like, no income anymore.
0: Yeah, and the, and this right, and the smaller ones are going to get hit harder. I mean, obviously, if a live a live nation venue is like chilling, like they probably don't have anything to worry about, and their staff is probably is seeing some benefits, most likely. But a smaller place, you know, like Hawthorne or Aladdin or the Star, you know, like who knows, you know? Oh, they're already not getting the same amount of income or revenue as like. A Live nation space or like the moda um so it's going to be really rough on on all of them so i encourage anybody that's listening that has some extra to mon- extra money to look into some of the relief funds that are out there for the the different venue spaces
1: um yeah i i think that one of the things that's been really interesting for me and I'm wondering what your experience is to too, Beto. Uh, I, I've I've been seeing a lot of people on the live sound subreddit and those kind of subreddits that are you know geared towards our industry. It, it just it's been really sad and odd and weird for a community that is usually so like gung ho and either like excited about work or complaining about some thing that happens, some band that was disrespectful or like a community that's usually really tightly knit online that is just kind of not because there's nothing to talk about other than like I'm inside for the fourth week in a row not doing anything just because so much of our our industry relies on like communication between people it's not usually like one person owns all the equipment and the venue and runs everything so you can't really keep working I know that like were disjointed right now because like it's hard for us to train when we don't have access to our gear because we personally don't own it. The school owns it, which means it's under lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's just been, it's, I think it's just been rough for everyone in a, in a myriad of ways. What are you, what are your thoughts on all this beta?
2: I not know. It, it's difficult to really make like a really mm uh, like strong claim because the way that I see, see it right now, it's like, I haven't really been, uh, super involved in like the, like the sound industry yet, you know, like I've had one, um, independent gig. Uh, and that was for doing another podcast. Actually, recording right. another podcast. It's, it's
1: worth noting that all of us are very green in this industry. that yeah. are, are, are new, newer to this industry in the grand scope of the people who have been working in it for forty or fifty years. Yeah,
2: I mean, like to be fair, like we do do some like professional stuff. Like we do set up. We have professional like great gear, is what I would say. You know, mm-hmm. and we we are able to um, do sound for like large events or you know with multiple things but like um outside of that like i i had to ask for um some assistance with my first independent gig anyway because of um lack of equipment to do so you know i don't know i i just wouldn't really know where where to begin i i, I don't feel super affected i just assume that most uh live sound engineers are just turning towards uh like the studios if they have some you know
0: well some studios might also be shut down i mean a former member of ours um was interning, or it was, is interning in New York, and he he can't anymore because nobody's coming into the studio.
2: Yeah, and that's right, what it's like yeah. at my in, uh, internship it's, as well at the studio. Um, they, like, I don't think they really shut it down. They just, like, don't have, like, a lot of people going unless you have an appointment. They're trying to, like, keep it minimum. But that means, like, the interns are out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's... Like I said, I think it's just it's really impacting everyone, and i I don't think it's <laughs> an obtuse point to make right like it's it's pretty clear how the how our our community and our and our industry have been like kind of just decimated and it's a bummer
0: i one thing that I was thinking about earlier um is just kind of the fact that some of the like more union people or the people working like motor shows and everything you know the, some people are used to working for like 12-16 hours like really long shifts and like now they're just at home
1: Oh yeah! <laughs> like I, imagine
0: I, <laughs> imagine being so used to working like full days multiple days in a row and then like having to stay stuck at your home for a month like that's it's, rough
1: it's super weird yeah I I can even echo that as someone who is not an IOTC person uh, like I'll frequently be working like 12 to 15 hour gigs at least if at least twice, if not like three or four times a month and to just for the last, like almost two months not be doing any of that is so, so like strange. And, and weird. like, I, I realized once we kind of started a lockdown and we, you know, could kind of see what was coming, see that we kind of just all have to hunker down. I realized that since we're also on, A campus right and we are Not We wouldn't work During the summer anyway because so few Students are going to school that there's so few events During the summer so we don't really usually operate Hardly at all I realized at a certain point I'm not going to work an event for at least Six months And that's crazy Because I mean for us when we're thinking about it in terms Right like we're not working all of this Spring term which is What is that March or, through that's, June, right, and then we're not. Yeah, which working. is our
0: busiest term. Right. Also, it's
1: our yeah. We had like massive, massive events on 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 you know like gearing up to happen, and then we're not going to work pretty much. We wouldn't normally have worked during the summer, so it's just like that's a full six months in which like I'm not gonna be on a board or whatever, and that's so foreign to me given the amount that I usually am.
0: And, it, I mean, fall term, we're probably not going to be coming in either.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, then this was this was my thought, like, a couple of weeks ago. So I was, at the time, I was like, okay, six months. And now it's looking like it's going to be longer, which is great. It's just I, I, I have, I feel like such a strong relationship to working with equipment and gear and stuff like that. And, like, the most that I've gotten to do is, like, teach people how to use Zoom and set up my microphone for this show <laughs> and buy myself a new monitor.
2: Why do you what what do you mean you don't think we're gonna be back in session for fall?
0: Well, yeah, just from what I've been hearing around, like talking to other other groups and like um like self-advisors and stuff like that, like it seems like we're not gonna be coming to campus fall term. Or yeah. maybe, maybe we are, but events are still not gonna be like a big thing like maybe some small get-togethers like we might be able to come into campus to do some trainings or like drew you could you you, yeah maybe you could go in and like zoom a training yeah right like for for everyone
1: listening one of my responsibilities as the tech director is to train people as part of our mission um yeah I, i i had heard from other people who kind of know what's going on, that it's possible that we might not even be coming in until January 2021. And this, I heard yeah. this in like March and I was like, that's almost a year. That's, I I don't, I, it'll be really interesting to see how this industry is impacted after being shut down for probably what's going to look like maybe just under a year. I know that we're in a good place because of where our funding comes from. And our affiliation with the university, but I know that, like, some independent places that have to consider rent or property cost, it, it'll just be rough. I wonder, I wonder how much it'll maybe trend towards more independent, like house type stuff. Um, because that right. might be where you know people turn to because those people don't really need to consider those things like property cost. Um, yeah.
0: Um, or earlier me and Bates were actually talking about this how you know these these big concerts are I mean those are really going to be the last to come back, but we might mar- we might start seeing local stuff happening, like house show stuff happening sooner. We're like, really great to see the community stuff. bounce
1: back like that. So I'm I'm thinking that we've talked a lot about sad stuff for the last <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, I have I have a couple I have a couple other things. Not necessarily are they good? sad. Are, are they? Um, just are, <laughs> just let me let me do my my shit. I'm I'm a guest. Treat your guest with uh. What's the? Never mind. Respect. Whatever. Respect. Respect. Um, I say
1: condescendingly. <laughs> you mean um, respect? The
0: other so like another thing aside from concerts. We're also seeing a lot of, like, album postponements. Like, people that were— Or artists that were going to release albums are postponing them. Um, indefinitely, I guess. Um, and, you know, that that largely has to do with the fact that concerts, like, tours can't really happen. And um, for musicians nowadays, like— album sales or streaming sales that's not what's give getting them money it's concerts it's tours it's merch um and so when that's taken out it makes sense that people are postponing their albums so that they can release them at a time that they can tour closer to the release date you know so that there's still hype for it um but but I definitely think that's a very interesting take on this to postpone your album release.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about it from that lens of cross-promotion, like your album getting released right before this tour that you can use to promote it, I I think that makes complete sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you guys have um, joined in or, like, gone to any of these like virtual concerts i know that people are doing like streaming concerts i get dude minecraft about them okay that's the other thing that i really wanted to talk about (laughs) is that people are doing concerts in minecraft which is
0: yeah 100 gex is gonna have a minecraft festival
1: oh my god i love that (laughs) minecraft has become such a universal like thing like the internet that you can just go, we're doing a concert in Minecraft. And to be fair, one of these big ones that I first heard about was Gucci, which is, like, really on brand for them.
0: Yeah, right, and also with 100 so Gex, so, like, it makes right. sense. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's
1: on brand. Like, if <laughs> if if Bob Seger was like, I'm going to do a concert in Minecraft, I'd be like,
0: um, but
1: okay.
0: the Gex did get Charlie XEX for their festival.
1: Right, and I mean, like, that makes sense. Uh, that, one I, that one I believe. Um... So you you guys have you guys done any of those? Like have you gone to any of those like streaming concerts or maybe one of the ones in Minecraft? I didn't go to the Minecraft one, but um I I saw this guy
2: Idress, perform some unreleased songs. Nice. Uh, it was like hosted by uh I forgot what the name of the of the company. Uh, it's like a clothing company, I don't know. But it, it was kinda cool. They were hosting this guy and um him and his like uh girlfriend or I don't know if they're like a fiance or whatever. They, like, did some songs together, and that was, that, was, that was pretty cool. I don't think a lot of people are doing, like, live live, or unless the anim- Monoguchi one was super live, because that one seemed I don't, to be, like, I don't actually know what
1: that looked like on a technical level. I, I would imagine, because my understanding is a lot of people are doing, like, live-streamed concerts, right? Like, from mm-hmm. their, like, personal space. I, I haven't yeah. been to any of those, because I'm lazy, Um but you just have in, to like,
0: pull it up on your phone. What do you mean? I know.
1: I you don't <laughs> understand. I could be doing something else like playing a video game. I could be playing Minecraft. Um Okay. Now uh I I'm wondering if, if you guys know like what those look like in terms of like tech. Like are they just or rec- they're not just streaming from their phone, right? No. No, they got like a like they have like a setup. Um for like They have a setup.
0: I think it depends.
1: Let, let's let's like say some like, people
0: are probably having setups and probably are not.
1: Right. I would imagine that like some smaller artists are probably just doing whatever. But like I got a notification that St. Motel's doing something. I would imagine they have like a setup, right?
0: Maybe. I I guess I'm not really sure because the, the stuff that I've been seeing, I haven't actually I haven't actually watched anybody's live stream just because I don't want to watch a live stream of like i don't know that's just it doesn't super appeal to me um especially as somebody who would go to concerts a lot like the whole thing to me is like the presence but from what i've been seeing it doesn't it doesn't seem like top-notch quality or anything right i
1: wonder how that's been like affecting stuff cuz i think it would be really cool if you could cuz i'm sure you could like figure out a setup where you've got a band and you still have an engineer there are people who are more than capable of doing that kind of stuff like radio engineers or you know like live event engineers that are like broadcast to tv i'm I'm wondering if like people like that would have find a place in like streaming a concert to twitch i think of like kxp right off the bat
2: or there's this um local house here in portland called like the 1234 house and they uh do some like small sessions where they record um local artists and post it up it's kind of cool yeah We've had they've had um I don't know like the only band I know that's been on there is uh, Adi
1: and I think and I think they even do like a a video
0: oh cool
2: cool
1: yeah yeah it's like it's like people are taking like the idea of a tiny desk concert and being like let's just do that but live I'm like okay
0: oh oh speaking of that one of the things I wanted to mention is that for the tiny desk concert they are just uploading artists that film themselves. That's performing cool. like i know soccer mommy yes. like filmed herself and um like that's on youtube it's just like her like probably her laptop camera i and think I love that. i'm gonna like watch that when we're
1: done with this i love yeah
0: her. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she was she was pretty good live she, she opened for vampire weekend who um there's no there's not going to be a video option for this. this is all audio but i'm wearing my vampire weekend uh crew Amazing. neck just so everyone knows right
1: now it's got a rep vampire oh. weekend in this audio medium
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah lots of live stuff um another thing that i want a, a happy thing actually um the moog model d app what on, is that on phones
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so it it's an app it's it's moog but it's model d i guess oh moog but it's, like it's synthesizer yeah mm-hmm. Moog. you said Yeah, Moog? yeah, yeah. Like, it's free right now. It's like, what? No. That's cool. So sorry, people are, Moog. like, getting a
1: chance to actually, like, make music.
0: Yeah. And there's another one that I don't remember the name of, but but I downloaded the Moog one, and I've been messing around with That's it. That's cool. Synthesizer, um,
1: right? Yeah, Moog is a synthesizer. Yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how you could, like, get that audio from that into a DAW. That'd be interesting. I've been... I've tried... I've tried to do that for so long because I'm like, I don't want to buy a MIDI keyboard because I don't really know if I'm into making music. So I'm like, oh, I could download an app, and just plug it in. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Nothing's that simple because it couldn't (laughs) be, right? Because MIDI protocol is so complex. I mean, it is, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I think that's really cool. And not just just those two apps, but I know that also I think some like Adobe programs have also been – are also free for like a month. Yeah, or something. same with
1: I think it's so, Ableton and Beta. What's the other one that has a free trial right now? Ableton and Logic. is it Logic? Yeah, okay. They've got like I know that. Yeah, and and that that's great. I think it's really cool to, you know, allow music production to still be a part of people's lives. And I maybe that's me projecting because it's a big part of mine. But I, I think it's cool. I know that. I know that like. There are a lot of people who, like my little brother, for example, is someone that like makes music, and I would imagine he's got a lot of time to do that now. And you know, maybe that, maybe there's some good things that come out of this in terms of music. You know,
0: I was watching an interview, a Grimes interview, and she was talking about her process for um, writing "Art Angels," and she said that she locked herself up. Uh, yeah, I've heard in things like that a lot for months. Yeah, and like she, like she genuinely locked herself up. Her she would have her roommate slide food or like leave food at the door of her room. Sounds and, like something like, Morrissey would do. That was her only contact. To like, Write
1: music, yeah, to write music just to be like isolated. And now we're all there.
0: Right. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the the best thing to do. I'm just saying that I know that that's something that Grimes did, and like what
1: you're saying, I'm sure that there are. Is that we can all write <laughs> music as good as Grimes because we're stuck inside, right?
0: i no, um but i'm sure that for some people within a year or two there's going to be some amazing albums oh yeah that are going come to out be of coming this. out i guarantee
1: you isolation will be in the title of half of them i hope not
0: i there's already an album that i like called isolation
1: of course Cool. I'm going
0: to I don't really feel
1: isolated. Yeah, I mean I don't either. I'm stuck at home with my partner. So I don't relate because I have an (laughs) Xbox, so I can just do that all day. Exactly. I'm like, I don't relate, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm thinking we maybe transition into our next segment because we've been talking about this for quite a while. Yeah.
0: Yes, but to to close to close this section, if you wanna help out um, look for those relief funds and donate Yes. also buy merch because yes. that merch it, it, like album sales, like as much as you can buy from your favorite artists, like that is like the way to help them out at this right. time. Support
1: your local and small artists buy their shit. You you've heard this a thousand times. Buy Wash your shit. hands. That's the most important part. <laughs> Cool, Um, we're gonna slide into our next segment that's gonna be a reoccurring segment that I'm gonna call n- the Nostalgia Corner. I'm not gonna call it that. We're gonna call it something at some point, but I have absolutely no thoughts. I basically, I know that for me, Music is super nostalgic and and music reminds me of things and I don't think that I'm unique or cool for feeling that way. I know that that is a lot of people's experience and because I think it's a lot of people's experience, I think it's a I think it's something that would be relatable and digestible in the format of a podcast and I'm sure that a thousand other podcasts also do it
0: um so, yeah uh sorry sorry to interject sorry but the the <laughs> second episode or the first episode of the fifth app podcast was all about comfort films oh and that's this is, cool yeah and that, i mean it's kind of like a similar idea i mean nostalgia yeah. comfort songs you know comfort and, albums and I,
1: I think that a lot of people have that in one form of media or another i know that for me i'm not really a film person so i i like that doesn't track for me but i, I i'm definitely a music person and I think that, you know, now is a good time for maybe some reflection on things and and a good time to just chill and think. And so I wanted to uh, do a segment on that. And so this this week we're going to talk about a song that all of us have listened to. I love this song. We're going to talk about Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp. Um Jack and Diane is a song that was released, I believe on an album, but I didn't write the album name down in 1982. And it's worth noting that this doesn't make me nostalgic for the 80s cuz I'm 21 years old and was <laughs> born in 1998. <laughs> but um it does hold like a, an important place in my heart and I think it's I think it's a really I don't know if it's interesting on its own in a ton of ways, but it is it is good. Um so it's so John Mellencamp is like a heartland rock Americana style artist kind of in the vein of Tom Petty or Bruce Springsteen if you're not familiar with John Mellencamp you're probably familiar with Petty or Springsteen he actually this is the most like 80s thing of all time when this album was released he was going by John Cougar which is Ooh. so good I love that it's it's a it's a look cuz it conjures you know the like quasi-mullet and tight dad jeans, right? Like, John Cougar is a choice. It's like Joe Exotic. Like John, it's like Joe Exotic. He's Joe Exotic. He actually, he's got some, like, less redneck uh, uh, vibes. More like, I don't know. He's He's got, like, more Bruce Springsteen energy than Joe Exotic does. Because mm. of all that big Bruce Springsteen energy Joe Exotic has. Uh, <laughs> he eventually started going by John Mellencamp, which I think is his name, but I might be wrong. Um, and one of the things that I think is is cool to note Is that his music is not really like lyrically complex It's really like straight up on the surface Like it doesn't There's not really like m- uh, it, It's not full of metaphors It's not poetry It's just kind of what it is it, The lyrics are what they are They mean exactly what they say um, And so here is a uh, clip of Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp. Oh yeah, life goes on Long after the thrill of living is gone The walk on. Cool. I, I'm interested in, in thinking about what, or listening to uh, what you two have to say about like what you thought about the song I don't know, like as a, like as a piece of music aside from like whatever nostalgia thing I have associated to it.
0: Um, so I, so I listened to it and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard this like once before.
1: Probably because um, I've played it. <laughs> like, let's be real right here.
0: I Me, mean, I don't know, but I, I listened to it and I was like, okay, this sounds, this sounds kind of familiar, but I don't think I've ever listened to it all the way through. And then, so I did. Um. And I don't know, man, it just, it doesn't really like appeal to me. (laughs) Um, I didn't grow up listening to that kind of music or anything. You're
1: saying that John Mellencamp doesn't appeal to you? A Latino woman who grew up in Mexican culture and didn't listen to John Mellencamp? That's shocking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, I remember one day I, I realized, or something happened. I was talking to my mom and I found out that she liked the Beatles, and I was like, "Wait a minute, you listen to the Beatles?" I was like, "You've Beatles never mentioned them. You've never John played Mellencamp, them." Camp, though, to be fair, you all you've ever played is Kumia. What are you talking about? Anyways, the Those point are, is,
1: the Beatles are a universal rock band.
0: I didn't grow up listening to this kind. Of, right. Yeah. So what did you
1: think about it? In in she knew to yesterday,
0: just the one song. Oh
1: yeah, I mean that's the that's the good one. Just kidding, Norwegian Wood. What do you think about it, Naieli? I, I I'm I'm interested to see what a, f- a fresh it, face like I said,
0: is. it just didn't really appeal to me. Um, not necessarily my cup of tea. I wouldn't listen to it again. I know that there's some songs that I haven't listened to or that I that are iconic or from like really popular musicians from like the 80s or whatever that I had never listened to. But then I listened to it and I'm like, oh, I get it, or like, oh, I see how this like can greatly affect people and why it means a lot to people. This song, I didn't really get that. I was just like, "Oh, cool." A song <laughs> no offense Drew. <laughs> like right. it just there was that's nothing kind of about I it.
1: No, no. I, um Yeah, I I I that's kind of what I was my my thought was when I was kind of thinking about what you would feel about this. I know it isn't really your thing. Um, but Beto what did you think about it I know that maybe Beto you, you have more thoughts about like production stuff um, I
2: thought it was like a good pop song I don't know like I, I like the song I thought it was a, a chill song um, I really like the I think like when you talk about like nostalgia or something I think there's like this strong element about like youth and I think the song is kind of themed around youth exactly um, yeah Yeah, and, and, and i I. I don't know. I was gonna say the I was gonna say the F word. I I function the fuck with word? that. Yeah. It's like I function with that. <laughs> with those you can I say vibe the with word. those I vibe with those those ideas. Uh I, I really like the I, what is it the line that's like hold on to 16 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a cool song. I, I I think on like in terms of like it, it as a song and not my emotional connection to it, I think it's I really like this style of writing, this, like, very straightforward. There's a poet whose name escapes me that that writes like this, and it's the most accessible poetry that I've ever heard. And John Mellencamp really reminds me of that because this is just, like, plain and simple. This is a song about two 16-year-olds in love in the like in, like, the Midwest. That's what it is. That's the song. And, and yeah. it's it's really endemic of a lot of Mellencamp's music. Uh, a, a lot of his other songs are this very much like, I'm going to tell a straight up story. It does have like importance and it has meaning and, and significance in a lot of ways, but it isn't done through metaphor or simile or anything like that. It's just like the words in the song are the words that they mean. Uh, I, I, the things that really, really stick with me on like a production side are the like, it does this thing where it juxtaposes these big power chords of like several instruments with that like like the really tiny yeah. little uh, uh, yeah and I-, and I think that's really cool and I I literally I wrote down in my notes the power chords in the instrumental sections beat ass <laughs> beat ass it's, it's it's yeah it's got these like huge <laughs> okay. huge like eighties power chords yeah uh, and and I- I, it, it, and that's so, like, so specifically shown in The Bridge, which is this, like, big breakdown, like, big drum machine fill into the... Like, it's very, like, um... Oh, my God. The one who wrote the music for Tarzan. I can feel it in the air tonight. I can feel Phil it. Phil Collins? Uh, yeah, Phil Collins. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Phil Collins. Um... It, that bridge is very Phil Collins-y to me, which is kind of weird, especially in like a Heartland Rock song. Um, yeah, and, and specifically about that bridge, I really, really wanted you to hear it. So here is the, I believe it's the the in, the uh, end of the course into the bridge of Jack and Diane. <laughs> It's the one that's like Yeah. Look at baba Cool. Um yeah, that bridge is wild. <laughs> I I love the bridge of that song. Okay, here's here's what I wanted to I wanted to talk about like why I'm actually nostalgic for this song. So, I mean, this song, I think Mateo you hit the nail on the head in that like it is nostalgic in and of itself because it's this like coming of age, very relatable teenagers in love kind of thing that has nothing to do with why this song is nostalgic to me. And it has actually everything to do with my dad. Um, so in elementary school, I, I, I played baseball as a kid and my dad was always my coach cause he loves baseball. Um, and he would always play music on our way to games or practices or whatever. And, John Mellencamp specifically was one of these artists that he would play over and over. uh, And he always called it baseball music. He would just be like, this is just baseball music. And other baseball music was like Tom Petty. I don't really think we listened to a lot of Bruce Springsteen, but that would like, yeah, it's a lot of it is like, it's a lot of like Heartland dad rock, but there's some other stuff in there. There's, There's some like the clash I think sometimes was baseball music, but like what stuck in my head was John Mellencamp and Tom Petty. And I thought that maybe John Mellencamp would be a little bit more interesting to talk about because I think that Tom Petty is great, but you know he gets talked about a lot. Um, rest in peace, though. I love Tom Petty. So yeah, Tom Tom Petty, John Mellencamp, and and Jack and Diane and all of John Mellencamp's like big hits are like baseball music in my head, which is like this such this weird thing. And it, it to me it's nostalgic because a lot of my love for music comes from my relationship with my dad and I have this like vivid memory of his CD collection that was like I don't know what it actually was but it felt like it was thousands of CDs there were just like drawers and drawers and dr- and this is when physical media mattered um but there would just be you know like drawers and drawers of, of CDs of bands that I'd never heard of and and that's where I discovered that I love like grunge music which is something I'll probably talk about later because that's also really important in my relationship to my dad and into music broadly speaking um and a lot of that a lot of the music that I listen to now I would say a majority of it I love because I either discovered it directly through my dad and and his music collection or his opinions on music or indirectly, like one of my favorite bands is the Pixies. And I would never have come to the Pixies if my dad didn't love Pearl Jam, that kind of a thing and Nirvana. Um, And and one of the other things, the thing that I really hold on to is that my dad has, at least he did in the early 2000s. I, I would imagine he feels the same now that, that the best songs are the ones that tell stories. And, that's this song to a T like a lot of a lot of classic rock songs are really built around storytelling which is still super prevalent in music but I, I don't know how much it is in comparison to like the 80s and 90s um and and that that idea of storytelling and and of narrative is something that I think has really like become pervasive in my life. I I, 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 for a long time was an actor in like high school, did a lot of like musical theater and stuff like that. And storytelling was really important to me then. And I still see it really important as really important to my job and myself now in helping other artists create their narrative because that's part of what our job is as a technician, I, I think. Um, and I, I I think that 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 idea of storytelling will always stick with me. And it's because of baseball music. That's my two cents on John Mellicamp's Jack and Diane. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that.
0: I miss musicals. <laughs> I I watched um Sweeney Todd like last week oh, or something. It was my first time fantastic. watching it. And I was like, God That's damn, do I want to see it? a musical. And now it's too freaking late because I won't be able to see one for like another Forever. year. Yeah, this it was. This is a
1: good segue into talking about what you guys have been listening to.
2: Uh, I have been listening to Tame and Paula. I have nice. been listening to The Slow Ooh. Rush because I watched this production video on how to get Kevin Parker vocals and i was watching this guy do it and he like recreated borderline and then it hit and i was like dang borderline's actually kind of a cool song so uh yeah I, i listened to um yeah it's the slow rush during work front to back put plugged it into the aux system cranked it up Uh, no one's really in there just for us. You know, people come and pick up so I can play it loud. So we listen to the slow rush and I've also been listening to Vince Staples. Um,
1: I didn't, I, I don't know. It didn't hit. Um, I kind of listened to a bunch of like singles and stuff that popped up in my like new music thing on Spotify today. And I, I, I just, okay. I, 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 have you guys listened to the new Fiona Apple? No, I don't even know who that is. You don't know who Fiona? Oh, you should listen to Fiona. Fiona Apple is like a really good songwriter. She's yes,
0: I have just... actually.
1: You have, Nayeli? Okay. Um, I I listened to the first track because I didn't have time to listen to the whole album. I don't know how emblematic the first track is of the like album as a whole, but that woman reminds me so much of Regina Spector and I love Regina Spector. That's so why I think I'm going to like this new album. What did you think about an
0: AI? Yeah, I so I wasn't really planning on listening to it because I have never really listened to Fiona Apple. like I've seen her name thrown around a lot, but I I just never have. The only reason why I decided to listen to it is because somebody mentioned that Fiona Apple was like a mix of Joanna Newsom and Regina Specter and you know, I love yeah. Joanna Newsom. I was listening to her this morning um. So I was like, "Damn, I have to now," um, <laughs> and I I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I've never listened to any of her stuff before, and and in general, I don't listen to that that kind of music. Like even Joanna is a little bit of a, like an outsider in the things that I usually listen to. Um, but yeah, I the the writing it. And storytelling, you know, that really got to me. I mean, as I've mentioned to you before, Drew, like, I don't really pay attention to lyrics. Like, I I don't. Um, But recently, I've been trying to a little more. And so just the whole, just her writing, it's really good. Um, I don't know how often I'll keep going back to it just because it isn't super up my alley. Um, but I, I did I enjoy it. I listen to
1: a podcast that I absolutely adore um, and one of the hosts loves Fiona Apple and she was talking about her oh, pff, a couple weeks ago and and I was like, oh, she has a new album. I have to listen to that. I haven't gotten through it, like I said, but I'm really excited too. Um, I have a recommendation for y'all and everyone who's listening to this. There's this Filipino, like, funk band called four of spades that just put out a new single and they haven't put out a new single in like i don't want to say like two years and they're so good i don't speak um what is the what language they speak in the philippines max got this out so i don't look like a dipshit it's tagalog they are just like so fresh, like they're just really weirdly. It, it's so funky. Like I don't listen to funk, but it's this like, walking down the sidewalk in a bomb ass outfit on a hot day kind of funk. It's the kind of funk that makes me want to buy bell bottoms and like a polyester suit. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 super. It's super weird. It's something that normally wouldn't come on my radar, but I picked them up. Oh god! Like off Reddit a couple of years ago, and and they've been kind of absent the last couple of years. And I saw that they have a new single that popped up this year, and I was like, Oh god, yes, please! Four of Spades, I love it.
0: I will look into it. Um, personally, I am still just listening to the new Strokes album.
1: Oh my god! Uh, Can you explain <laughs> uh, why we both reacted the way we just did? Just For the audience,
0: uh, well, did, did Beethoven react?
1: <laughs> he just said <laughs> the yeah, word said. lol out loud. So,
0: for those of you who don't know he, me, he um, said, I love the Strokes, he said an they're my favorite band. The Strokes is my favorite band. I am, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm like the number one fan, but I do stand. Um, I yeah, but you're see, you're pretty close. Right? I, let me explain. Right? Yeah, I went. I flew to Chicago for one day to see them perform at Lollapalooza this summer. I saw them in Seattle. I've seen The Voids when they came to um, Wonder. I saw Albert when he came to Wonder. Like I love them, and they haven't come out with anything since 2013. Actually, that's a lie. They came out with a, a mini EP that was is is bomb. You should listen to it. Um, but they haven't come out with a full length in like seven years. And I I really enjoy it. Um, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it that I'm not going to go into right now because that's a lot. Um, but I definitely recommend people listen to it. Yeah, that's a different it. show. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're, like, into s- synths or are interested in, like, 80s-inspired stuff because this album is definitely, like, inspired by the 80s. Um, the, like, main single, Bad Des- Decisions... Um, samples uh dancing with myself by um billy idol i think um yeah uh it's great i love it it's mostly what i've been listening to other than that honestly i've kind of been on a music rut you know every like couple months or something i just get into this like rut where i i'm like what the fuck should i listen to i don't know like i'll pull up spotify and i'm like i don't know what to to
1: Yeah, I get there, too.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just kind of like, I don't know. And so I end up just going back to just something that I listened to, like, so many times, like, something super familiar. And that's usually The Strokes or Our Chick Monkeys. It's usually The Strokes. Yeah, it's usually The Strokes. Um,
1: Can I tell a story about your affinity with The Strokes real quick? Sure. <laughs> so... Uh in December of last year, when Spotify wrapped, wrapped, I almost said rewind, that's YouTube, when Spotify wrapped came out, and it showed you like, what are your top artists for the, or no, what, what are your top albums for this year? Nayeli was showing me hers, and it was literally, we, we were looking at it together, and it was her first time seeing it, and it pulled it up, and it just was eight Strokes albums. <laughs> it was literally only albums by the strokes and no one else and it was so so funny well
0: th- i think that was what i was listening to not like my top although they are my top artist of the decade right. um and i yeah, think i listened like to them for like like a crazy amount of hours last year like in the thousands i don't know um yeah i, I don't if anybody that. wants to talk to me about the strokes like hit me up i will i
1: Here's Nile's yeah. phone number.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Um reach out to the PSVS email. No. Um
1: <laughs> I would I would recommend not doing that.
0: Yeah, I would recommend not doing that. You can just um, I have such a unique name, you can find me. Um <laughs> That's pretty easy. <laughs> so because of like I've been on a music rut and also I've I mostly have just been on YouTube watching videos or having videos play in the background. Um instead of music. So that's, that's what I've been doing.
1: Gotcha. Data, what, you, what else have you been listening to?
2: Yeah. I've been really into dive lately. Ooh, What's yes. new? Uh, so I've been really to dive. Um, uh, mainly is the, is our, yeah. That album is the, is our weird. That's a, and, that's a name. Yeah. And then their latest one, Deceiver. I've just been back and forth between those two.
1: Yeah, they're pretty cool. They've got that really like chill, beachy Th- kind of stuff. That's summary. just their first
2: album though. Like the oh, latest is it really? one is yeah, the latest one is like um takes a lot of influence from like the Sonic Youth, I would oh, say. That's and beautiful. like maybe some Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know. So it's yes. kinda cool. I just
1: want more of Billy Corgan's
2: voice. Yeah, so it's it's definitely
1: it hits different. Have you guys heard? Glass Animals cover of Heart-Shaped Box by Nirvana. It is weird. It's cool because Glass Animals has such a specific sound and it totally sounds like a Glass Animals song. It doesn't sound like a Nirvana song, but like it's an iconic Nirvana song. It's a great, it's a cool song. And there's a really iconic, like really dirty, scuzzy bass line in Heart-Shaped Box. And in this Glass Animals cover of it, they play it on a double bass. And it sounds weird to hear, like, a grunge bass line so cleanly played. And it, it fits right in with their aesthetic, but it's one of those other things that I would totally recommend going to check out, because it is, whew, it's a cool cover. There, I think they, they did another one. I don't remember what it is. I, I, I could be mistaken, but I think they're doing covers. Like, I think it's, like, on this EP called Quarantine yeah. Covers or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Dave Bailey yeah. is, like, working on covers from Quarantine, and that's... That's really cool. That's they're like, also that's doing movie kind of
0: nights.
1: Stuff. I think. Are they really? That's really up there, Ali. They're such—they're cool dudes. It seems like. And that concludes our first episode of Out of Phase, presented by Portland State Professional Sound. Um, thank you, Nayeli, for coming on as a guest host. It's been great Ooh. to have you. Uh, I'm Drew Havner. and I'm Beto Carrasco. That is much more beautiful than my German bastard name. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> Stay safe. Have a have a good have a good week.